0: jesse aka the bizzle oh the bizzle thank you <laughs> the bizzle thank you the bizzle yeah
1: the bizzle all right Bizzlecast cast listeners welcome back to the Bizzlecast. we are here to do a video games podcast uh with ethan after a few months away although we've done some streaming together it's nice to take a break from all these super intense big uh, blockbuster movies ethan great to have you back on the podcast again how's your 2018 going
0: yeah, it's going pretty good it's great to be back um excited to be looking forward to this great year of video games
1: absolutely and i think um you know before we get started we we should just uh do a a tip of the cap um to 2017 uh which again you are much more of an expert on this than me but again uh, 2017 was the most i gained in a long time got me back into gaming basically um, but i just wanted to give you sort of the final word as we close the door on 2017 about what a great year it was for video games yeah
0: 2017 uh especially in comparison to Recent years um, was a, uh, in, in a in a sense a godsend uh, you had you, you, you actually felt like there was some contention for uh, awards this year to what was getting awards from these game shows even though those game shows don 't matter like the between all the products that came out this year uh we got seven open world games we 've got uh several great rpgs we got several uh good fighting games so it it was it was a it was a really good year all in all and i uh we we got we got some okay shooters whatever uh Mm. and uh it was a it was a good year in general it was a good year for indie titles too
1: you know, just to help wrap this up, um, we did try and do this uh, one or two nights ago and had some technical difficulties, and so we're we're uh, finally getting it done. Now, we did have a nice discussion on this topic, but I think one thing that we did talk about and have talked about, going back to our uh, Video Game Awards um, podcast as well, is it seemed that the open world genre for a few years was not dead, but was so like Ubisofted and Bethesdaed to death and then we get games like near persona horizon and zelda which yes are different levels of open worldness but i think the fact that so many of the top acclaimed games were in the sort of action rpg JRPG, rpg open world rpg you know genres was pretty amazing don't you think
0: mm-hmm. yeah i mean cuz especially because whatever we was looking forward to at the end of, at the at the end of uh, at 2016 was no man's sky at how disappointing No Man's Sky was, especially as an open-world game.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: Where it was the biggest game ever created. It still is the biggest game ever created. It will all, it will probably stand as the biggest game ever created, and it's such a disappointment.
1: Not to mention Mass Effect, which was an already-established franchise, basically pre-hyping itself as the <laughs> No Man's Sky of Mass Effect until they both right. failed. And that it,
0: and then, and then it, it, it probably one of the worst games of 2017
1: it's unplayable uh, honestly i played 10 minutes yeah. of it and i'm like i can't this is
0: crap i i i trust your judgment is you're the one who plays mass effect here, it's not so. mass effect
1: there's nothing about it that's mass effect
0: there you go so but you know did you know, so, yeah, did you know yeah. fun fact fun fact yeah. real fast. did you know that the super special collector's edition doesn't come with the game the super special collector's edition i forget what it's called let me let me google it real fast here I believe that the Mass Effect Andromeda Collector's Edition does not come with the actual game.
1: And it comes with it comes
0: with a box and a couple other like collector's items, like like the normal collector's edition uh, units are these days, with some special items included, soundtrack, like like a prop item. But it's like a loot box. You get a steel book. You get the steel book. Uh But when you open the steel book, there's no disc inside.
1: I'm not kidding. Of all the horror stories I've heard, I've not heard that one, and I listen to podcasts that would have talked about this for three years if that were the case. So I'm not saying it's not the case, but but no, but I was gonna say, but it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me at this point with loot crates and you know, I mean, we're gonna talk about games we've been playing this year, it's gonna be the main part of this podcast, one that I've just started playing that you recommended a while ago, uh, because I was looking for a Civilization in Space, because I'm always looking for Civilization in Space, it's Dolores, which I got for $16, down from $40, which is down from the normal $60 for a AAA game, which is really 120 to $180 for all the extra investments they make you make in terms of sort of loot boxes and DLCs and so forth, um, and so that will be a topic to talk about, uh, as so sort of value and part of the reason people like open world games they feel like they're getting great value but but some open world games are just open with no world and some of them are are just 60 dollars to enter and then many 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 more dollars to actually compete or get the full value out of it as opposed to the open world games that were nominated for best game of the year last year which is like 40 to 60 bucks and 100 to 300 hours of amazingness right right Right. I mean, how much did you get between. And then we'll move on to this year. How much did you get hours wise between Persona 3 and Zelda?
0: Persona 5. Um, mm. It's all good. All good. But all the Persona games are over 100 hours. Um, I probably clocked 75 on my first playthrough ish on Persona. Probably more than that. Probably a little more than that. Um, and then Zelda, I have th- over 350 hours. Hmm. Uh, for reference, uh co a huge streamer on Twitch, did about three hundred and fifty for a hundred percent run on Witcher three. So Wow. And that so like huge lately, like, like just, just the measuring time there. And that was between two playthroughs, and I'm not even I'm not even done, Zelda. I'm not even close. I still got another probably sixty hours if I really hunkered down and did everything like back-to-back sped run it
1: kind of so this is the perfect transition so we i wanted to start talking about uh, xenoblade chronicles which is a giant jrpg and on the switch as well i'm going to do a switch update a xenoblade review and update um but what is it about the open worldness of zelda on the switch in particular that makes it so that, that you want to spend that much time, even way more than a normal giant open world.
0: I don't know what it is about just like the switch and the mystique that it has and this, the, with the overall genre in particular, but just the idea that I can take what I'm doing, where I'm exploring, where, what I'm fighting with me from home on the go is just fantastic. It's just, there's some ease like, and it's not, it's not the type of ease that I'm talking about, like, oh, like, I really like playing video games, and I want to play the, my favorite video game on they go with me. Xenoblade isn't really even my favorite video game. I love Xenoblade. It's a great game. It's, probably, it's nowhere near one of my favorite video games of all time. It's up there, but it's not, like, top ten or something. But what makes it great is that I can just take the, have the ease and just take it with me and not feel like I'm like, stuck in a world while I'm away from home. From the game, I can just take the game with me and keep exploring the world.
1: Um, Interesting. Have you played? Like, for,
0: no, go ahead. Uh, like, like for me, like whenever I whenever I play a game at home, and like, like I'm really I'm really enjoying a game. Sure. I will often when I'm like away from home, about playing the game, find myself thinking about some of the actions I took in the game, especially in games that had like different choices or different outcomes or whatnot. Or if, or if it's a puzzle style, where I'm like, okay, well, this boss fights really hard, and I need to take these actions. To think about, I'll, I'll like calmly think about it to try to find the best way to beat the boss or something. But with the Switch, it's just like, I can keep playing and keep testing it while I'm on the go. That sort of thing.
1: Oh, interesting. So you don't think you would have put in nearly as many hours if it was not so portableized?
0: No. Oh. no. No. Which makes it great, because... I don't have to have my. I don't have to drain my phone battery to play pointless games on my phone that I don't really care about. Uh, Clash of Clans, be an example. For example, I would never play Clash of Clans ever, no matter what it was, unless it was it. But only because it was on my phone did I ever play Clash of Clans right. because there's nothing else to do, unless unless you want to count like a DS or something. Like like, but at the time like DS's were. Like even I didn't want to carry my d s around oh yeah anymore, I felt weird carrying my d s around me with my switch. I don't feel weird at all. I don't know what it is maybe maybe it's just like a maybe it's just like I'm in a young adult thing now versus I was a kid thing, but like i don't I feel confident when I'm carrying my switch around playing video games much less so when I take my d s out and I'm like
1: I'm playing my d s um well, because DS games are so often stripped down, less good versions of their big brothers. But I, I wouldn't well, give counterpoint a, on this. There's definitely a quality difference. There, I would I want I mean. to do counterpoint on this though, which is there's been times when like I've gone to a cafe and brought my DS in the middle of a Fire Emblem mission with me. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I might also have my computer out and be like downloading and doing shit, but like, but the Fire Emblem games on on DS are very specific to DS like I wouldn't play those games on a console whereas you know as I've complained about playing like 3D Zelda games or really any 3D games 3D Dragon Quest games anything I just don't like playing on, on that sort of handheld and it would for sure be way more fun on, on the Switch for one also not having the two screens it's less weird I think um, and let's be honest if, if the cell phone gaming revolution that was supposed to happen had succeeded, maybe the Switch would never have happened. But the Switch is specifically a response to the fact that we have such power in our mobile devices and the games have mm. been not good or interesting or innovative. I mean, the best-selling, I think the, the highest-grossing game on, at least on iOS by far, is Hearthstone, which is a pre-existing property yeah. from Blizzard where you but, where but you have Herp, to buy Herp, shit.
0: no. Hearthstone commands so much money, like intake that that's just a given.
1: No, no, I, I understand what I'm. I, I, I understand that. But what I'm saying is, it's symptomatic of the lack of compelling, good games on m- mobile cell phone devices or iP- tablets. Yes, definitely. Because I, I don't think the Switch, when Nintendo started dropping code names two or three years ago, you might know about the more about the history. And let's transition into the Switch and Xenoblade here. You might know more about the history, but. When Nintendo started dropping code names a couple years Yeah, go ahead. Just, just, I just,
0: wa- I just wanted to put out two things real fast uh, before, we, before we fully transfer over. Um, one, update about the Andromeda. Yes, that is true. There were two special editions. There was two, there was a special edition okay. with the RC Rover. They're the RC Rover that you travel in as the crew in Andromeda. I don't know, whatever. Um, you got that. That was the special edition. In the collector's edition, you could get that thing, but with remote control and you would get the steelbook and the soundtrack and something else but it would not include the game
1: okay Uh, whatever Uh, it's not worth arguing about because i I, I I know a thousand criticisms of those games before even that Um, oh yeah sure but what i'm saying is i i focus on the things that 95 percent hated it about the game as opposed to the 0.1 percent that got screwed by bullshit and didn't research it properly um That's why you always buy stuff from Amazon or an accredited uh, distributor who will give you your money back no matter what. Um, But yeah, but but any yeah. So, anyways, point being, when Nintendo started dropping, let me just lay this out. When Nintendo started dropping code names for their new post Wii U system a few years ago, it, it seems looking back that it was not guaranteed that they were going to commit to the mobile thing from the beginning um based on the evidence that but I, I could be wrong maybe the switch was always their idea from five years ago the, what they wanted to do
0: no and, and so so what i've heard is that they wanted to have the switch before the Wii. they, they they've been thinking up this thing from before the Wii. That's how long they've been thinking. Oh, this thing. so they brought back an
1: old idea and the updated technology it. Technology just didn't uh, exist. Oh, interesting. Oh, this
0: idea—the idea of like a portable console on a like a uh, on a on a powerful. Whoa, wait, hold on, hold on.
1: I- iPhones. High-end iPhones and Samsungs with a little bit more muscle have existed for a number of years now. iPhones are more powerful than iPads. People don't realize how powerful they are. Um, and Samsung phones are more powerful than Samsung tablets. Um, right. So it has existed. They've just beefed it up a little bit. and. Right. One of the things we, we're going to talk about, ETH, uh, that, that we tried to get to in the, the board of previous recording was the whole uh, high res versus high frame rate uh, thing, uh, which, again, they've nailed on the new system. But go ahead in terms of the development of the Switch.
0: So, like, so they've, been thinking, they've been doing this for a while now. and At least I, I don't know how far in the back, but it was around the Wii era that they, they were trying to get this thing made. And it was only till recently that they were able to get it through because of the, the success of things, and I put success in air quotes uh, of things like the Nvidia Shield. Now, I, I, you, you know the Nvidia Shield because I had one at one point, and I think I showed it to you. Um, but the Nvidia Shield was the idea was you would connect to their to the Nvidia service, and you would stream your game directly from a PC that Nvidia owned to the tablet. And then from there you would be able to play, and it would it would have, it had a high res and graphics card and power processing functions, so that it could handle all of that. Um. So and then from there, what the Nintendo did was they brought over some of the architecture. It's called Pascal architecture, I believe, yeah. or it's something hybrid of the Pascal architecture. Yeah. And that's what was able that that's this high power processing. Uh, architecture of processors that was able they were put in the switch okay
1: i I, I i need to double check this but i believe pascal is like their code word for all of their high level products each generation mm-hmm. I, I remember them using so. that a long time ago or else they brought it back because pascal was definitely a thing back in the day like back to the pentium days if you even know what i'm talking about mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> no i do i believe i believe i had pentium in one of my old laptops
1: yeah yeah there's there's a classic line from the movie Hackers where you know they're they're uh, dropping uh, this fake techno babble about some high-tech chip in 1996 or whatever. And they're like, "Dude, this is 3 times as powerful as a Pentium." <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> you're just like, oh, it's so cute." <laughs> but yeah, so so what,
0: so, what so it's so slightly less shit is what you're saying. Right,
1: right. So wait, so hold on. So they had this idea but they, they, they shelved it in favor of the Wii U? Yeah, I, I, think that, I think that's what was happening.
0: Because they knew... Why? That, because they, could, they, they wouldn't be able to get it out then. One, so one, here's the thing. They had just launched and, and put out a very successful mobile unit, the 3DS. True. A couple years later. Well, what was the difference between the, uh, the Wii U and the 3DS? Do you know? It was like 2014, wasn't the Wii U? Let's see. The 3DS,
1: the original 3DS came out for sure before the Wii U. It was 20. I knew that. I think it was before 2012. It was before 2012. Watch date.
0: Oh, it was the same year. No, no, no. The the original 3DS was 2010. The Wii U came out in 2012. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you got to understand. It was two years after the af- after the mobile market for the 3ds and mm-hmm. the DS cycle, they they were not ready to transfer the mobile unit. Mm-hmm. They, maybe they were ready to start developing, but they were nowhere near ready to come out with the Switch two years after they just launched this mobile device. By
1: the they, way, real quick, was so. going to happen? Uh, mm-hmm. You're right. the The most recent usage of Pascal is the advanced Nvidia projects of the last couple of years. Go ahead.
0: Mm-hmm. Um. So when you um, – generally with the console market in general, and this is like in general for technology, you don't release a device uh, and make a new version that's uh, – like, like the new product line version. So we're talking about the 360 versus the Xbox One or the DS versus the 3DS. You don't do that unless you're talking about a five-year difference period, Hmm. which, if you think about it, what happened between 2010 and 2015? Well, you saw Nintendo finally getting the Wii U to to pop off, and you saw the release of the new, quote-unquote, new 3DS, um, which had the higher processor and... Blah 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 blah. The the better process. It was clearly the better DS, but it was still in the same line. But what you also probably saw was the finalization of Nintendo finally hammering down and saying the Wii U had was whatever. We need to move on to the next unit, but we're also we're also getting ready to launch into the next mobile unit, prop, the, the the next mobile system, because you, you, you had this powered 3ds but it wasn't anything grand special brand new or anything hmm. um so because of pascal because of what nvidia did if the nvidia never released released the nintendo shield uh, the, not the nintendo shield the nvidia shield tablet i guarantee you the switch would not exist right now hmm. because even nintendo was a big risk taker but they would they they're not risky and they they're not ballsy enough to do something that to release something that no one else would dare release before.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh let's let's go down this rabbit hole then. Mm-hmm. Which is despite the fact they waited on this and they brought it at the perfect time and they're reaping the benefit I'm only going to make one uh semi-snarky comment about Nintendo's lack of response to um, production quotas and consumer demand and things like that. Um, It's very amateurish, and I still don't know why in 2018 Nintendo Japan and Nintendo America don't seem to communicate. Um, That's another discussion. However... Even though, as you pointed out uh, in our last discussion, the PS4 and the ex- new Xbox generation is, what, almost five years old already? Yeah. I mean, CD. Dragon CD. Age Inquisition came out in 2014, and that wasn't even an initial release. So um, right. that just goes to show right there. Nevertheless, Nintendo still has inferior uh, hardware. And when I put it, say inferior, I'm talking about on paper, right? As I've yeah. proved with my new Mac, what's on paper doesn't necessarily translate to what actually works and is great. But on paper, th- th- the specs are a little bit lower than what's on the, P- the, the, the PS4 uh, Pro and the Xbox One X or whatever the fuck it's called. And now we've got the new generation of those coming out before the next generation of Nintendo's coming out. So do you think they basically said, this is good enough for what we want to do to put out great games and we're just going to stop the arms race with those other two companies? In terms of sheer so, hardware, that doesn't necessarily right. translate. So,
0: so, so the, 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 fir- the first thing you have to look at is, A, um, what Nintendo does. Nintendo may rehash the same IPs over and over and over and over and over again. Mario, Zelda, Pokemon, blah, 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 blah. blah. However, Nintendo takes the time to make video games correctly and properly. Mm. You can do a lot of things that people don't realize you can do with lower hardware at enough time it's possible, it's always possible to do more with more time with video games, that's proven at this point the problem is is that the way the market works is it's it's in this hey guys, we're going to release Call of Duty blank for this year in November we're going to sell it for $60 and we're going to sell the $60 DLC blah 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 that's the market we live in. That's the market we live in for a long time. But as, you've, as we've seen from a game like Mario Odyssey, which runs at 1080p, 60 frames, it's the smoothest game that runs in the highest graphical settings on the Switch. Mm-hmm. And that game has been, in, has been in production for a while. I guarantee you, they slated it to release on the Wii U. But did but didn't because they wanted to wait the release it on the switch hmm. um, so and, and like and that's true for any game if, I guarantee you, if they spent five years making every call of duty game, they would look way better than they currently do mm-hmm um, so Nintendo had knows that they don't have to do much to create. Uh, especially with packing technology into a, into a a unit. Um, and what you're starting to see is, is Nintendo's in-house games are looking great. They're feeling great. They're running great. But what you also see is that people who, uh, people who make less, less, uh, intense games are taking advantage of the switch and its abilities to, to put their product on the platform, case in point, games and developers like chucklefish who make uh, who own who publish Stardew Valley Stardew Valley is not an intense game in the slightest, and it's on every console and PC. However, it is extremely successful on the Nintendo switch because of the mystique that switch has with being able to play anywhere you go mm-hmm. And this game is one of those It's it's a Harvest Moon game. It's I think it's the most popular Harvest Moon game to come out ever. I have to look into that. Uh, in recent years, it is. Um, and so, uh, when you put the correct products on a unit, regardless of how much hardware or how much of, how much craft to pack it into it, it will be successful. Case in point, with the PS4 versus the Xbox One, even though the PS4 was more powerful, the only reason it's more popular and sold better is because it has the better games um, that the audience wants. So, it's it, it, it There is a bunch of situational factors involved. Um, but you Nintendo knows they don't have to trade punches with hardware-wise with uh, Sony, and Microsoft. They know they
1: don't have to. Can I ask a hard question? hmm Is the sort of worshipfulness that we, we still have for Nintendo mostly a combination of nostalgia plus exclusivity? Meaning... If the, le- if the playing field was level in terms of the IPs, and if all the Switch games were available the way most PS and Xbox games are available for the computer, would that cut in to the Switch? like you talked about Xenoblade is like a game that you think is good, not great, but it's on the switch. So that that's part of the appeal. But Xenoblade was, was available on, on all the other systems, for example, or if Zelda were available on the other systems, what would that do to the switch? Or is that just an unanswerable question? So uh,
0: I think that, I think that question is better answered if they were on the other consoles
1: rather than on PC. So uh, that doesn't really happen anymore, though. Is the thing, yeah. It's well, no, like, di- no
0: Nintendo game has ever been on.
1: A well, no, no, no. But I'm saying is, it's either Horizon and it's just on PlayStation, or it's on PlayStation, Xbox, and PC. There's not really a middle, oh, middle ground. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. The only reason people need PlayStations or Xboxes at this point are to play exclusives for those systems because people are starting to realize computers are more affordable than they seem on on the surface for what you get. And, uh, you know, unlike when I was growing up and the computer world and the console world were totally separate in terms of games, Nintendo, as I was saying, you know, you can only get Nintendo games on Nintendo for the most part. And when they break out like Monster Hunter into other systems, it's like kind of a big deal. So what I'm saying is, you know, if Nintendo didn't have exclusives on all of these nostalgic titles that we love, you know, would that change um, how highly we hold up the, 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 the Switch and just Nintendo in general at this point?
0: so here's the here here's the thing about the switch and the, what, I, what i was saying earlier about the mystique of it there is nothing else like the switch on the market there just isn't there's is not even the the video shield like i was talking about earlier meets what the the criteria that the shield that, that the switch meets because it is and i will reaffirm this over and over again until something better comes out it is the best portable gaming on the market, hands down. So you could you could have and now if you, you know if you remove and now now let now let's say Nintendo titles, and this is this is a this is a huge if. Were only let's say let's say Nintendo didn't make any console anymore. Let's say they were just like Sega and they only made Sonic games on whatever platform. Let's say Sony had exclusive rights to all of Nintendo's publisher titles and they were only on ps4 okay and let's say sony put out the switch just 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 spitball in here this is this is a weird this is a weird scenario yeah um because the PS Vita sucks uh unless you're a complete beaboo in which case it's okay um very few people who are those people I'm one of them but I don't even I don't like the PS Vita. Um what here's here's what has to happen. One, let's say that they decide that they don't want Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild on the 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 Sony Switch.
1: I'm sorry I have and, to, I I know some people who think the PS Vita's physical handheld controls are superior to the Switch's portable handheld controls.
0: I would argue that you are a fool, but we can agree. just the way it
1: contours a little bit to the hand, a little bit. I don't know. I haven't spent much, enough time with. I, I, I would.
0: I would. I And these are Nintendo that, people, by the way.
1: These aren't. These aren't like PS lovers. Sure, these sure. are just people so, who like okay. playing JRPGs on their Vita.
0: I, I will. I will spend ten seconds to address that. I will say that
1: controls
0: are a personal preference, and that everyone will find a different reaction and preference to them.
1: You're also a kid, and the people I know. Are my age? We're fucking old, and our hands cramp and shit like that. So you start right. noticing things more often. I, I it, right. you don't honestly, man. You don't expect it to happen in your mid thirties, but honestly, like sometimes I'll be in bed, I'll be my 3ds, my hands will start cramping. I'll be like, oh, me and my hands. Uh. No, my, my hands hurt after a long day of gaming. Don't yeah.
0: worry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I know. The feeling. Um, yeah, I have, I have a wrist. Bra- I have a wrist brace to put on that yeah.
1: when I'm sleeping. Well, I, I basically heard if track. you really like. Anime-heavy JRPGs. PS is a great investment. Otherwise, Absolutely. don't bother.
0: Absolutely. And it's great now that Persona everyone it that it's super cheap, too. But unless you have $75 to throw away for a free device, that in, in my case, I have three portable devices. I don't need a fourth. No. Um, <laughs> And trust me, the only reason you would want to buy a PS Vita is to play Rampa, which is... Great, it's great. Oh, uh,
1: Persona 4 Golden, everyone says, is amazing. And, yeah. and, and Persona 4 Golden on Portable is
0: fantastic, too. Yeah. But anyway, um, so the, let's say Breath of the Wild yeah. was only on the PS4 Pro and the PS4, sure. but it wasn't on the Sony Switch. Let's say all of the open world games that Nintendo has put out today, uh, this the last year, Mario Odyssey, Breath of the Wild, Xenoblade mm-hmm. Chronicles, and... What was the fourth? I'm missing
1: it. I totally just lost um, it. Uh, my Mario Odyssey, Zelda, uh, Xenoblade, um, Bayonetta. Um,
0: oh, Skyrim! 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 Let's say. Let's say, Well, it was already
1: there. Let, wait. But, sorry, I just threw up in my throat a little bit. <laughs> it, it's not for you. <laughs> let's say that. Let's. Okay. Okay.
0: Let's put it this way. Let's say Skyrim was the only thing they were porting over to the Sony Switch. I guarantee you, oh, God. it would nowhere, it would not be anywhere near as successful as it is.
1: Can I tell you why I don't like? Let me just say it quickly quickly. Clay. I fi- finally figured out the main reason, other than looks, I don't like Skyrim. It's because it's basically a single player MMO, which is just this horrifying. Okay, right. it's this huge world with tons of stuff to do, but it's all kind of the same. Combat's incredibly right. simplistic, and everything sort of looks the same. And it may not be procedurally generated, but it sort of looks like it. Um maybe, maybe the remaster's better. Uh but yeah.
0: I would argue it's not. I would argue it doesn't matter which one you're playing.
1: But yeah. But, anyway. but, but hey, anyway. but listen, hey, if I could get Skyrim for 30 40 bucks and I had a Switch, I could get it re- I would definitely for sure do that.
0: For sure. What I was saying, what I was telling you about, like the, the 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 Skyrim Switch version is, is because of the lower frame rate, it actually matches the slow combat, so it don't, you don't feel it. You don't feel it at all. You don't feel dragged down by the lower frame rate because the combat matches the frame rate. It's really weird. And
1: I I also think there's something when you're playing portable games, even when you know it's the Switch and it's basically a a desktop-level device console, but there's something mentally that happens where your expectations come down healthily, you know? Right. Because right. now so. we have these really expensive, powerful consoles and these big TVs and we pop in Mass Effect Andromeda and we see it and we're like, This is shit. <laughs> but like Mass Effect's a i deal L- L- no L- but, but I'm siblings. saying but let's us say of a little bit of a little bit they a little bit um, uh, switch as a free to play or like a twenty dollar download or something like that that would be a really fun game for that money that amount of time you know what i 'm saying like expectations I think is a big part of this
0: and, and so and but but what if they just poured over uh, oh that 's right they announced they were going to put uh well, well uh, I, I actually let me take it this way so I was actually really pleasantly surprised with the skyrim port like uh the
1: Doom port. Eh, I, I need to play it. I need to play it. I mean, the Skyrim port. I'm sure benefits, if nothing else, from seven years of patching. What? Right.
0: But, but, I you you shouldn't worry about the bugginess. That that
1: that that's an old. Thing. Except, I bought the game of the year edition three years after it came out, and it still crashed on the first mission. Sorry, I'll stop with Skyrim. Sorry. Sorry, Bethesda. You're you're, you're screwed at my point. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead. It's okay. It's okay. You got a vendetta
0: against you got you got a vendetta against Skyrim. You got a vendetta against I don't vendetta. I just you I grew up when the first Vendetta's Elder Scrolls
1: problem. came out. Jesse, we get it. You have a vendetta against bad video games. It's and it was okay. the it was the it was the first open world to that level that had ever been created and it was also the buggiest computer rpg that had ever been created at the time I remember no one knew what to make of it but yeah again the the port so, over is perfect go ahead so so but the port over is
0: perfect and so when I think about my favorite fallout game fallout new Vegas mm-hmm. possibly getting a port because this is what they, they've done they've done um they've done skyrim they've done doom which I have to play more of I'm not Right now, it's a six out of ten on the on the Switch. Um, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. If you built motion blur into your game in a shooter,
1: you really need to kill yourself. It's te- um, it's terrible. I could barely play the demo. I don't understand anyway, the hype for Doom. Yeah, you need
0: to play it on PC where you could
1: turn off motion blur. Trust me. I played the original, game. and Quake has always been better than Doom. Anyways, I went new Quake. You need to
0: come over. You need to call, We need to stream Doom on my PC. Okay, where you can look at the amazing graphics, have no motion blur, and just listen to the metal with a really good
1: pair of headphones. It'll, it'll be, fine. You, uh, you it'll got be yourself, fine. you got yourself a deal, Mojo, though. It'll, it'll, fi- it'll be
0: fine. <laughs> All right. We, 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 can, we can go in the other room with the big TV and play it in there
1: if you want. Like, Giddy up. Anyway. Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, that's right. So when I think about like, New Vegas – Fallout New Vegas, which I argue is the best Fallout.
1: John Gonzalez also Switch. wrote Horizon New Zero Dawn, just won another award at DICE Awards. Go ahead.
0: Right. Um, or Fallout 3. I, I would settle for Fallout 3, to be honest with you. Like, when I think about these old Fallout games that look nowadays kind of crappy, but have that good nostalgic feel to them of like an, a 2007, a 2010 game, open world style, that sure, it doesn't look great, but on this system it runs smooth and I can take it anywhere? Are you kidding me? I would I would lay down sixty dollars for it again. I would not care. Um because, because I haven't played I haven't played either of those games in over two years. And I guarantee you I've forgotten half of the stuff I've done. And I guarantee you I've still missed some of the things that, that I didn't actually touch yet in either of those games.
1: Okay, so I could sidetrack you forever. Let's get back to the issue at hand. So of games you've played this year, mostly been on the Switch, currently is Xenoblade Chronicles. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the second in the series, I believe. Um, it's the third. It's the third. But or is like, it the... There's something like, it, I I... I, I don't know where I heard this. Okay. I don't know why I'm thinking this. All I, I know it's the is a seventh game. I, it's, it's, but it's, it's it's something yeah. I don't know. It's a big giant JRPG, which I generally love. So, tell us about Xenoblade Chronicles and why it works so great on the Switch.
0: So, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 is a JRPG. It, it the, the the first one the first one was less it was more westerny. This one is definitely full of hardcore anime
1: do you um, feel like you could give a really quick distinction between jrpgs and western rpgs so
0: the traditional the traditional feeling of the the, the, tri- the traditional idea is that uh, a jrpg is going to have a lot more and this is just my own personal experience is going to have a lot more um japanese culture and uh other elements to it that are that that someone over in japan or somewhere over in the east would understand better
1: like because it, it would feel more natural over there or than, than or if you grew up thinking zelda was a rpg you'd be right. comfortable as well right um so for example it tends to be more cartoonish, um, tends to be more well, anime, tends to tends be very to be grindy. Anime. But also but, yeah. but
0: but also but also any of the events that would happen in the games you would understand culturally differently than you would over in over here in America. Cultural in West, translation
1: has been a big problem in some it, games even big, up till today. Big problem. Yeah.
0: And, and and versus and pretty much vice versa with, with Western RPGs. Western RPGs also happen to be different as they deal a lot more with uh freedom ideals and other related issues
1: even just translational issues in terms of where the money goes like for example i have heard that in japanese the uh more recent fire emblem games are considered much 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 better written than awakening in the earlier ones but that for whatever reason awakening got a great translation and the more recent ones have gotten terrible ones right and that if with the japanese translations uh, 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 the way they are the, the newer games would actually be much cooler which for a strategy game it doesn't matter that much but it is the difference between me playing it because i'm just kind of addicted to the genre and really loving the game so it does make a big difference
0: um so here's in, in like, for what I'm talking about. Yeah, I want to give I, I, I want to give like a, a huge like, a big example like a, a a solid example over in Japan. Um, around so for for school kids, uh, and this is this is gonna seem like it's going off track, but I promise it's gonna loop back in. Um, I have faith. High school, you see this particularly because I watch a lot of anime with. School children start school start and end school in the spring mm-hmm. not in no they don't start in November or they don't start in fall and end in, in late may June early April whatever whatever that's not how it works you go from you, you you go from late spring to early spring you go all the way around the calendar and so based on certain event cycles that are happening in different games, namely one I just played recently, Persona five, it may seem weird to some people who are playing the game for the first time, who don't understand that cultural difference and the events that follow. Why certain things like, why is the end of Persona five taking place in uh, February? And that's when the school year is ending. Uh, Like why, 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 why does that make sense? Like how do these, like, so, and I don't know specifically like how that would affect other games, because I can't think of any at the top of my head, but like that's an example of how JRPGs would be affected by cultural
1: differences. Although, interestingly, I know people that either don't know much about anime or specifically don't like anime who still love the Persona series, and especially mm-hmm. Persona 5. Yeah, Persona 5 is So I think incorrect. it's starting to translate more in terms of like... Our senses have been overwhelmed by Japanese animation now for over 20 years, and so if it's done well and artistically, it's almost part of our culture at this point, which is kind Mm. of a cool thing, yeah. I also
0: think part of it is people who grew up in my generation grew up with Avatar The Last Airbender, the greatest show of all time, and...
1: uh hey brick girl brick girl from australia my co-contributor swears up and down by that show loves avatar the last hairbender did you ever watch it i have not because i don't have free access to it but i'd watch it in two seconds the, yeah, well, one of the co-creators and executive producers has been running the Lucasfilm animated division for the last five, six years. They, really? That's awesome. L- actually, more. No, since 2008. Yeah, George Lucas hunt- headhunted him, essentially, when Avatar ended. Threw, uh, his name is Dave Filoni. He threw him a shit ton of money to c- do the Clone Wars and then Rebels, and now they're working on like even bigger-scale animated projects for Star Wars, but yeah, that's what he got started. A, I would
0: pay a lot of money to remaster the entire series.
1: Yeah, I think it, it's, it, it should happen one of these days i think it's just a matter of who owns it is the problem because of the shitty movie translation and then avatar the movie which is also shitty in my opinion everything's confused Lord. everything is confused but, but i'm even talking about the name avatar um you know it's just confusing everybody at this point hopefully it'll get sure. done at some point but the bottom line is pokemon Yu Gi Oh, dragon ball z that was happening when i was in high school and little kids were watching it so this has been in the air for a long long time it's just one of those cultural break
0: things that has to happen eventually and it it has been and we're living in the moment where it is happening it'll eventually get there just like video games it took ten years for video games become from this almost looked down upon thing to oh yeah now it's just socially accepted everybody everybody does it in some form and everybody is like okay you're a gamer sure whatever
1: like yeah, to the point where like ESPN is forcing actual sports personalities to engage in it, and they hate it and don't understand it and sound like idiots, but that's yeah. how desperate they are to get a piece of this whole thing. Yeah, exactly. By the way, quick, 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 quick shout out to quick shout out to ESPN.
0: Uh, can you stop? Can you stop uh, putting League of Legends uh, LCS on ESPN four <laughs> when you put? poker on espn4 <laughs> clearly one of them is actually a sport and it is not poker thank you
1: <laughs> i thought they was on espn2 at this point i think they're getting there i don't know whatever Go oh i'd ahead. love to talk about the overwatch league with you at some point because i have lots of thoughts about I it. Hate it yeah I hate it. everyone hates it even people who like overwatch hate it
0: i was at 30th street the other day and i saw a a, bill- a billboard for it
1: mm-hmm. i'm serious blizzards blizzards out, out over the their head. blizzards over their head they shouldn't have done that
0: uh, it'll, it 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 might it might have it eventually, but i don 't think it will
1: <laughs> yeah, but all the best competitive sports league, including their own Starcraft, came from the grassroots and wasn 't forced from the top. the fact they 're forcing it from the top is a huge problem mm-hmm. huge problem it 's unwatchable no one wants to watch that 's the thing i mean. The, the biggest problem is nothing to do with the game necessarily or the culture. It's like it's not a cool competitive thing to watch. Like even people I know who like watching competitive video games don't like watching Overwatch specifically, even if they like playing it. Mm-hmm. But anyways, the point being, I hate to say it, anime is like porn in that anime has driven <laughs> new technologies. Uh, like, porn, porn has specifically driven new media from VHS to CD to DVD, and I I, I, I I made that connection. Yeah, and there is tons of anime and porn and vice versa. Um but uh but forget about that. Anime has driven new TV, movie, video game uh technologies and cultures and so forth. It's so ingrained at this point. Mm-hmm. Um you know, again, you know, your generation it's like uh, it, it, it is one of a number of sort of cultural choices you can make in the video game and TV world and so forth, but it's not like arresting. Like it's just there. It doesn't even, it's not even arresting to me. And I didn't really grow up with it at this point. Like now I get annoyed because there are a few too many nintendo Japanese video games of all sorts, JRPG and otherwise, that stick to the anime, animation conventions a little too much so uh, I, I, in the hopes of getting us back on, on track here a little bit does xenoblade artistically add anything to this or is it pretty stock anime and how it's presented in terms of its characters and its world
0: no no it, it's, it, it's 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 animated through and through and I, I, let me just put that out there for 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 people in general like if anybody out there owns a nintendo switch who's listening to this if you have not played xenoblade chronicles 2 if you like open-world games and you are indifferent to anime, you will like this game. If you like RPGs, you will like this game. This game has an incredibly addicting combat to it. Um, it is and is actually similar to Monster Hunter. I, I would say it's a little different. The way it works is... Is that you were playing on, you were basically engaging in combat against an enemy, be it a monster, uh, human, whatever. And you have, you have your main character, and then you have your weapon people called Blades. And the Blades, uh, you use the Blades' weapon to perform different moves uh, that do different things. And then you can swap between them to do different combos and stuff. It's an incredibly addicting combat system, and all of the like, both the character, all the characters, and all the blades have full customizations, along with t- a growth tree similar to a skill tree. But they have a diff- rather than skill points, rather than just feeding skill points and um, earning skill points and then leveling up, blah blah blah. You are by actively doing different objectives throughout the world, and this world by the way is damn huge like it's pretty big i don't have a sense of i don't have a full sense of scale mm-hmm. but uh i would say that if you were to cut up breath of the wild you would get about 50% based on like but but you're not taking you're not taking like the empty areas like the open fields you're taking the big exciting areas like the volcano you're you're saying that's half
1: the size of breath of the wild or vice versa take about
0: take about half the size of breath of the wild
1: okay i don't care about the size let me let let me ask the really difficult question here and this is why i'm glad we got a second chance at this podcast because i didn't i with all of our bullshit talk of monster hunter that we never released it's not a game it's not a game i've seen tons of streamers play it that i like it's fun. It's a gaming experience as an MMO world. You beat up monsters. There's cats. There's items. And you do it again over and over and over again. That's it. That's the whole game. Um, That's it,
0: a grind. That's what the grind is. No, I understand.
1: But there's not a, any conceivable, interesting, central plot narrative thing that it even Zelda out, has, even though take Zelda out the
0: big, take down the big mega dragon. I Jedi understand
1: that. Even though I understand that three hundred and seventy hours of Breath of the Wild, it's not three hundred and seventy hours of reading a novel. I get it. But even in my short time playing it and talking to you and you know, seeing other people play it, hearing about it, it has a central narrative. It's Zelda. It's about a thing. There's a game. There's a mission. There's a million other things you can do. Is there a game to Xenoblade Chronicles or, like Skyrim, is it a giant, basically single player MMO that's just no. a grind fest with no. cool there things?
0: Is, th- th- so this, this game follows similar. So th- there are. Because I Nier's the opposite,
1: by the way. We haven't talked about this spoiler alert if you've never played Nier Automata the game is very short and then you play it again and again and again and different things happen it's sort of the opposite of the o- open world in some ways although it right. has some of the qualities so, Nier so, so, is, all sto- is very narrative driven so you, you, you have three what I would classify as three different types of open world
0: RPGs you have your Zelda Skyrims that are very hands off that kind of just say, "Here's your world. Go do whatever you want to do." Then you have your narrative open worlds, your um, which which are you can play the game within your freedoms, but you don't. You the way you get more freedoms, the way you get to do more stuff is you have to progress to the main story. You have to do other stuff.
1: Horizon, That's Witcher, etc.
0: Horizon. Yeah. Witcher is a big one. Mm -hmm. Xenoblade Chronicles 2 is one of these. Then you have your very restricted games that are tighter than Xenoblade, Witcher, etc. But still have open world elements to the point where they are open worlds. I would classify Mario Odyssey as one of these things. Because after you beat the game, you get to go back and find all of these new moons that are hidden throughout the world. And whatnot, and solve more puzzles and whatnot. So, you, that's a, that. That's the branch that I think of when I'm thinking of world RPGs. Xenoblade um, Blade fits in the middle here, right where Witcher and uh, what was the other one that you mentioned? Uh,
1: Horizon. Horizon. Um, Far Cry, perhaps. For, uh, I'm not sure about Far Cry. I but think yeah. Far Cry's more. Skyrim-y... It's somewhere, yeah. I, th- I think
0: Bar- Far Cry's more Fallouty. y anyway.
1: well, Only because it's narrative. Oh, here shit, we go. Here, here's a War
0: Obscure one. Infamous. Mm. Infamous. I don't know if you've ever heard of Infamous.
1: infamous yeah, I've played cool. one like, of infamous. the Infamouses. Yeah. Infamous is cool, yeah. Um, Another interesting one, and I think in your third category, would be the Deus Ex games, where... They're yes. definitely not open world, but there's some major open world environments. Also in that category would be the early Dragon Age games, the Dragon Age Origins, mm-hmm. the early Mass Effect games, where, yeah. you're, where, where you're, you know, you travel between locations. You can't explore everything, but in the locations, there's a lot to do in those environments. Right, right, and so. Uh, dude, Deus Ex, Z- Z- dude. Those Z- early Z- Deus Ex Z- games, holy shit. Z- Z- yeah. Blade is
0: definitely in that. in Leading towards the more open-ended, mm-hmm. leaning towards the Breath of the Wild Skyrim side, mm-hmm. but it is definitely in that middle category. Throughout the entire game, so I, I have a, I have a, I have a guy I like to watch, uh, the Etika World Network. His name is Etika. Uh, he's very funny. Uh, not for the faint of heart, if you are not a fan of... Uh, He's African American and he makes a lot of black jokes. Uh if you don't like those things stay away, but he's very funny. He is, he put 400 hours into this game without touching the main story. Now that's from him slowly chipping away. Like, like so he he got to like halfway through the main story and it's like chipped away but and everything. But this else.
1: this is a central debate of this podcast, man. I'm glad we got to, which is I want to let you continue with the interview, which is is that necessarily good by definition? Like, just because you can do a thousand hours before the main quest is not inherently good. It's only good if it's all interesting, cool stuff to do. So so let me answer that with...
0: Can you talk about this guy, Attica? This guy, Attica, he doesn't finish games, okay? He's known for not finishing the games he plays. However, he wants to finish this game. He wants to 100% this game. That's why he's been doing everything. That's why he's put 400 hours in, because he wants to finish this game. So if a guy like Etika, who doesn't doesn't finish his games, is 100%ing this game, that speaks a lot to how much there is and how much people want to play it and how addicting it is, especially being on a system like the Switch and how good
1: it is. Um, proof of my point being, mm-hmm. I have 149 hours in it. But you love grinding. You love Destiny. And I mean... And Destiny's not very grinding. You to the are, out there. honestly... But yeah. I, I, I am not throwing any shade on this property, because I've played so little of it. I think the shooting mechanics and the graphics are amazing in the Destiny games. However... I know numerous people who have invested tons of money in Destiny and have wanted to love it and really are disappointed time and time again by it, that it's just grinding this. And so I'm wondering, you well, know... Destiny's not Halo. Destiny's not Halo. If you want a great story, go play Halo. I'm
0: sorry. Destiny's not Halo.
1: No, and no, no. Destiny's hold on. Let me finish my, a- my point. Let me finish my point. Go, go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. my go point ahead. is... You love the grindiness of Zelda, and so do a lot of people. Both semi-serious and serious gamers, even casual gamers, love the grindiness. I mean, I know people who have put over a hundred hours in Zero Dawn who have never put over eight hours in any video game before, like or or Persona, for example. I know people who are obsessed with Persona. Um, i don't know that many people who feel that way about destiny so i'm curious what the distinction is between games like zelda and xenoblade that do this giant you know ridiculous ginormous open world thing so well for everybody or many people and games like destiny which seem to be more for a niche audience but
0: let, let, let's establish a few things here one destiny 2 was a huge flop that's part of the problem but two um and i'm chewing some chocolate so hold on
1: no problem Destiny Two was also a huge flop because Mm -hmm. they, they, for all the things they improved, they neglected the most important thing that could have really made it and saved it, which was the community aspect.
0: They they fucked up for a lot of reasons,
1: many of which I'm not going
0: to go over here. One because it's already been said, the argument's already been made, the community's already dead for most of it, Um, and I don't need to go into it. Uh, and no, also nobody out here, out there cares about Destiny, probably. Anyway. Which is um, too bad
1: because the engine is spectacular.
0: Oh, it's a, it's a fantastic, it, 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 it's, it's, it's worth $60. There's, there's over 40 hours of content there. That's not the problem. Anyway. Um, so, I kind of got sidetracked. Uh,
1: <laughs> no, we were just uh, comparing... The success of giant, some giant open world games do so well in the mainstream, and some don't.
0: Well, part part of it is part of it is. And so this is actually a great time to touch on Kingdom Come. <laughs> oh yeah, is like, like the reason Monster Hunter is so is so good at succeeding is because you have that you have a you have a you have a rally point, which is the call to fight big ass monsters to kill them, get really cool powerful gear continue to go kill bigger, more powerful monsters, and then sometimes do it with buddies. You have your clear-cut, you have your rally to the cause within the game, you have your reason to play the game, and uh, it's it's it continues to deliver more content, and it will continue to deliver more content, and Monster Hunter will be a continuously played game with concurrent playership for at least another year. Uh... great that that's a very successful launch destiny had about a month and a half of content involved they were going to to feed out uh the problem is uh the destiny fan base is extremely hungry because the destiny fan base is made of people who like looter shooters and looter shooters are the grindiest of the grindiest and i'm talking about people who uh were Wow grinders are people who same people who play Monster Hunter, same people who play Borderlands, people who play these extremely grindy games to get the perfect min-max set of armor gear. And Destiny didn't have enough. That's why Destiny failed. That's part of that's one of the reasons. Then you have and so comparing that to Xenoblade, Xenoblade has the same systems involved to get you go full out for min maxing for collecting for like all the way down the line to all of these customization options and all of these things to collect and all of these things to gather and all of these things to kill to get more stuff to get more powerful it has all those things that goes to whole nine yards uh another example of a bad rpg would be i'd say Hmm. I can't think of that one the top of my head that's been recent. Uh, let's think. It's some aspects Fallout Four. Fallout Four was recent. and it had it. It got less people didn't like it as nearly as much as honest, Fallout Three.
1: Can I be honest Go with ahead. you? Mm-hmm. Can I be honest with you? Mm-hmm. And by the way, the guy who runs Bethesda went to my college and is a very thoughtful, dude. But. Their quality control is just ridiculous. But that being said, almost all the video game personalities I respect love New Vegas and think Fallout 4 is trash.
0: Correct. Correct. Everyone thinks Fallout 3, 4 or uh, 3 and New Vegas are better than yeah. 4. Yeah.
1: People, it's and the debate is between 3 and New Vegas. I don't know anyone who thinks Fallout 4 is particularly good at all.
0: I would argue that the engine and obviously like like what they did like Graphically, hell yes. Wait like like they they for for Bethesda, first of all, to make a new engine is good. <laughs> like Bethesda doesn't make new engines. Bethesda does not like like implementing new engines. But for them to implement a new engine, because you can see between three and New Vegas, that yes, there's there was only two years there, but I had already two years is plenty of time to implement a new engine.
1: Uh between, uh... No, I'm not impressed. I've seen Zero Dawn. Fuck Zero Dawn. The people who designed Zero Dawn made Killzone games, which aren't very good, but looked amazing you are aware. years that, ago. You,
0: you, you are
1: aware that... That they... Uh,
0: what's it called? That... Hold on, what was my point?
1: You were saying about the engine, but everyone uses the Unreal Engine anyways, so which is a whole separate podcast I want to do with you at some point.
0: Uh, what's it called right right you are aware that like there was several more years to make that, that there was more time to make zero dawn with newer technology than there was to make fallout 4 right just establishing that
1: yeah because triple okay, 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 the triple okay, a okay. developers can, can are make, over committed they're way can can making over your point then go ahead No, I'm just saying the AAA AAA developers are way overcommitted, and one of the points I want to make earlier is about Destiny, you know, and and so forth, and Call of Duty getting less and less interesting. The first-person shooter has never really gotten better than the early glory days of the first-person shooter. Quake 3, you know, Arena, and, like, Unreal Tournament and so forth are still the best of the first-person shooters, and... I, I don't think they work great as 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 loot, MMO type games, I just it, it, it just doesn't work for me, I think VR is definitely going to save the first person shooter but even me, I like playing third person games at this point, whether it's action RPG or action type games in general I like playing third person um, I, so I, I, I think Destiny also suffered from just FPS being way, way, way overburdened, the same way the open world genre was way, you know overburdened until again this past year where we did so many great open world games so some of it is just that the, the, you know people are lacking creativity in the genre division which is why in india games and the rebirth of things like real time strategy and turn-based strategy and point-and-click adventure games and so forth on steam and elsewhere are, are doing so well right now because people are sick of these big triple a uh, cliched genres that we're seeing over and over and over again
0: there's that and then there's people who on the PC market are have so many options always that they don't have to suffer from the same penalties that the console market does because the console market obviously we both know this is like not even 40% of what the PC market has to offer um every year so when and and Quickly to your point about uh, shooters, you what wh- you say those things. You're coming from the perspective of someone who only likes to play single player shooters or co op shooters.
1: No, I said not. Quake Three Arena and Unreal Tournament. But no one,
0: no one's played those shooters. There hasn't been a new one of those shooters in years, decade. I I think decades even. Isn't Quake back or trying to come back it's trying to come back it's coming out soon i Mm. think
1: which by the way really quickly here's why i think quake might work let me google that quake might work because part of the problem with esports is they've been having trouble marketing the the personalities because gaming personalities tend to be yes hyper competitive but not particularly interesting it comes out this year but If you look at, say, fighting games like the Street Fighter, you know, c- competitive scene or whatever. Like, one-on-one fighting games, the personalities are really interesting. And in, Back in the day, the Quake one-on-one battles, the personalities were really, really interesting. One-on-one c- competitive sports with video games I think is more interesting in terms of the product on screen. Even StarCraft in its heyday, you know, um, with their entourages and, you know, everything. It's like wrestling, you know what I mean? I don't think the teams are quite as ed- interesting League of Legends they've really been trying to like market personalities it seems like but nothing's really stuck and that's why I think something Uh, like Quake um, I'm talking about to the outside the hardcore uh, uh, gamer market but I think something like Quake I'm not saying it will be Quake but something like one-on-one shooters uh, it is something that could attract a wider audience because it's like in the Olympics, you know, like Olympic athletes have such big personalities because generally it's every man or woman for themselves. Team sports, you know, you interview a hockey or a football player after the game, you don't get a whole lot from them, you know. And uh, one-on-one, it just tends to be more interesting. That's just my personal thought. I'm not saying it's going to be better, but that's why I would <laughs> like to see more one-on-one tournament type stuff like Quake, Starcraft, etc. Quite Champions is out in Early Access, and its reviews are
0: mostly positive, but recently they have been mixed on Steam. I have to, I'd have to look at
1: Well, part of it is they up, don't know what to give away for free and what to charge money for, I think, is my understanding. Well, if you buy the Early Access, you get the full game. Right. But they're trying to get the best competitors is the problem. So, yeah. But you were saying, anyways, about FPS, because um, I, I was right. saying. So, 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 yeah. for example, you have never played
0: ever since Modern Warfare. I know. What, what was the last time you played Call of Duty multiplayer?
1: I have actually. played modern. Actually. I have played some of the Modern Warfare games with friends online, but that's and, it. And, I've never and, like played the and, multiplayer. What I
0: say, actually, when I say actually, I mean more than ten hours. Oh
1: no! 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 no. Yeah, because okay. yeah, lot- I love the set pieces of Modern Warfare, but some of the hardcore, old-school Call of Duty shooter people hate those set pieces, so it just depends on the people. Sure.
0: So, 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 and, so for you, both, and, and when I say this, most shooters on the market today are multiplayer-based, multiplayer-marketed. That's just how they are. That's just how they
1: are. But look at the Game of the Year um, nominees last year. All single-player games other than uh, uh, PUBG. PUBG. All single-player games. Every single right. one. Every single one. No, and I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Yeah.
0: I'm, not, I'm not saying you're wrong. What, what I'm saying is for, for the market, for the market, so, it's generally not you.
1: So let's dive back to the main topic. You got the Switch. You can play it at home. You can play it on the thing by the way uh the Which is uh, the Total Biscuit team had a funny discussion the other day about how they all like realized that they 've had constant problems over the last fifteen years with both Microsoft and sony 's. Uh, online services at various points and they've never had problems like downloading a 3DS game to their 3DS <laughs> like it's very true it's even very though true. even though it just shows blocks and like gift boxes and you don't know what the fuck is going on like you know it's going to come through as soon as you open it it's going to be fine so there's something I'm, to be said
0: I'm very excited for the Nintendo online service. I uh,
1: so I was going to say how much time of your 100% of all the hours on the Switch have you played online Ten, there you go. Ish, there you go. But that,
0: that, that's because that's because I I'm not playing Splatoon all the time. I don't, that's because don't, you don't, I don't want play to. Splatoon. Well, no, because I. Well, one, only one of my friends has Splatoon. I don't want to play
1: Splatoon all the time. There are uh, only if the more of my
0: friends had Splatoon.
1: I would play Splatoon. Well, right, that's the problem. I don't. Both you I don't and particularly I particularly like Splatoon. Yeah, I don't particularly you, like Splatoon. Look, you and I, as different as our, our ages are, you and I share that. We don't have a ton of real-world friends who are as into video games as we are. So that's part of the problem, for sure. I find this with board games, too. I love board games. None of my friends here or elsewhere are particularly into board games. So it's hard to, you know, it's hard to do stuff, whatever. That's one issue. But the other issue is, there are only two reasons, major reasons, I could think that multiplayer is ever important in video games, okay? Only two reasons. A... It provides a greater and more interesting challenge than you can get with a single player version of a game or B sheer competition. Now, I know you are into competition. I am not when it comes to video games. So that doesn't apply to me. It applies to you more. So the sheer competition thing, it does apply. Whether it's League of Legends or Destiny, whatever, applies to you more. But in terms of the first point, I'll let you speak to that, but hold on. Let's speak to the one we can both speak to. The first point, which is that one of the reasons would be that it's the same game, but a better and more interesting and in-depth experience than the single-player campaign. I have never really discovered a game where that is the case other than maybe some strategy games like StarCraft or XCOM or something like that where the AI can't replicate human behavior. Um, I, I don't know how you feel about that, but if you take out the sheer competition angle, it's unclear to me why multiplayer is important other than we've been brainwashed by the big companies to think it's important so that we pay them for all sorts of bullshit having to do with multiplayer okay
0: so let let, let let me respond to that
1: mm-hmm.
0: first uh if we're going to take away the argument that it's fun with friends uh are, are we taking that away are we taking that off the table
1: I, we- I, i'm i'm taking like mario kart and double and double oh seven and games like that you know like Split screen, fun, local games. Like, yeah, okay. that's super so, fun. I'm taking that off the table. Yes. So I've gotten into Rainbow Goldeneye Six GoldenEye is lately. the most fun local play shooter ever, and it'll never be topped. Sure. I've gotten into Rainbow Six Siege lately. Do you know Rainbow Six Siege? I do, because Total TotalBiscuit and his people love Rainbow Six Siege. I
0: l- I've really gotten into Rainbow Six Siege lately. I love it. Yeah. It's great. I play it with my friends. I'm getting better at the game because they know what the fuck they're doing, and I don't. Yeah.
1: People I listen to love Rainbow Six Here, Here's the other
0: thing that, that, that is big about competitive things for me. If I go play Call of Duty, for if I, if I go to the Blast of the Past and play Black Ops 2 multiplayer, it's not because I want to remember the golden times. Part of it is I want to remember the golden times. But when I go into a multiplayer match of any variety, League of Legends in particular, and I'm, I'm going to say this, and it's because of lack of a better phrase and i know there is a better phrase but i'm going to say it anyway to show my emotion to it it's because i want to stop on some idiots and show how big my dick is like i get a good feeling yeah. of being the better player
1: but you're a young you're you're a young buck you're a young buck who loves video games with great video game skills it's not the majority of people but i
0: everyone i know and people i talk to People I did talk to at GameStop when I was still working at GameStop. People I know, people, people across the internet. The reason the, 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 that that is that is, if not the main, one of the reasons people play multiplayer games is because they want to be competitive and show that they're better than other people. But that's that's that, just that, the that's modern the day. Of, that's the nature of competition. That that's yeah. what competition is. Right. And so, maybe to a certain extent, definitely for the twelve-year-olds out there who don't understand what marketing it is, uh, marketing is. Yes, they're probably getting brainwashed a little bit, but I would argue that because I'm part of the last remnants of the Halo Two generation, that competition, in multiplayer, and video games still mean something to me,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that it is about showing. Ha, like one having fun obviously it's a, it's a video game i wouldn't be playing a video game if i wasn't having fun i don't when i when i when i do my 3 hours of destiny a week because that's all i'm doing at this point i if i'm not having fun during it i get off i don't play the video game but two uh the I, i'm I, i'm playing it because I, I in the spirit of competition i want to show how so other people on the internet how big my dick is for lack of a better phrase i know that sounds weird but like you
1: get what i'm saying that's a sports and this is but, your baseball That's that's the whole thing right, yeah
0: right and i guarantee you other like plenty of other people feel that way
1: um Yeah, obviously, clearly, because League of Legends is a multi-billion-dollar enterprise based on a free game, so clearly people feel that way. And by the way, I just want to point out, League of Legends is actually a pretty complicated game to master. It's a very very complicated. It's a very easy to learn, extremely hard to master. Yeah,
0: (laughs) proof by the point of how fast its esports took off. Like without league, you and without league in CS:GO, you do not have esports. I'm sorry, you
1: just don't. Yeah, and I'm 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 rooting. I'm not rooting for League of Legends, and I'm not rooting for <clears throat> uh, for Overwatch to either succeed or fail. But I think that League of Legends deserves to succeed more than Overwatch because it's free to play and because it's been a ground up, grassroots you know a competition uh, development as opposed to Overwatch, which Blizzard is promoting from the corporate level, which, by the way, Blizzard's owned by Activision. And mm-hmm. from everything I've heard there are from people co- who specifically there, 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 there. work for Blizzard, like Jesse Cox and Total Biscuit, who do shoutcasting and stuff for those companies, say that the Overwatch push came from the higher, 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 higher ups and not the people who actually develop the Overwatch game and characters and world and stuff like that. The same way that the develop the people who you know uh, developed the artistic side of the battlefront game were not the ones in charge of the loot box decisions and so forth that came from ea similar things happening with blizzard with overwatch so i'm not rooting for them to fail but it seems like league of legends just based on younger people that i know is the, is the more interesting uh, esport to most younger people <laughs> and i don't know how, you know if, if 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 basically a warcraft 3 mod is so much more interesting for people to watch than a next-gen shooter with Blizzard's uh, you know, spick-and-span graphical approach I I don't know how much money they can throw at it. I think, what, they're charging I think like $20 million per franchise for Overwatch right now, and and no uh, uh, profit sharing for like three or four years or something like that ridiculous. It's,
0: It's something stupid it's dumb. Like, all, all, all the franchises have that money to throw. Yeah. Like, that's not an issue, but like...
1: Yeah, and, and, and look, so none of us are rooting for this stuff to fail, but it, it, it seems like m- maybe the corporate side is learning the wrong, the wrong lessons. The story you told about the Mass Effect, you know, special edition boxes with no game in it. The fact the, like that half of that. the Assassin's Creed games are unfinished, you know? I mean, like, you have entire franchises that are unfinished,
0: Origins wasn't that bad from what I hear, but I haven't played it.
1: So. Yeah, but Assassin's Creed Origin, uh, not Origins. What was it called? Um, Unity uh, disaster. Listen, listen U- Unity was a death.
0: We don't. We don't. We don't need to look at what is already a disaster and call it a disaster. That's like. That's like that's like walking by a homeless guy and saying, sure. "Hey, look, that's a homeless guy."
1: But it's a shame because then you know I've heard that Watch Dogs Two is really good, but no one's played it because Watch Dogs One was so overhyped and people felt so ripped off and cheated by that game. Oh,
0: Watch it, Dogs Two is okay.
1: Yeah, um, Watch Dogs Two tries too hard to be GTA. Well, I've heard the biggest criticism is that they should have made the entire game uh, non-lethal, like by not by choice, like like you you know like they, they it's they seem to be giving you a choice to do a non-lethal option you can beat it non-lethally but it's easier to beat it with a sniper rifles and machine guns would have been way more interesting uh to do it just as a hacker is what, what, what I've heard it feels it feels like they tried to make it too hard to beat GTA right but again, GTA makes s- almost all of their money online. They're making, what, $20 million a month online or well, something Ro- like that?
0: Rockstar, Rockstar is incredible. Like,
1: well, they may be incredible. They, but don't, of they, the, do, they don't
0: do anything ever, but they can yes, make Ethan, great video games.
1: Yes, but they're making $20 million a month online, In the vast majority of that money... Is coming from the upper one percent of the world's wealthy population. It's become the rich man's virtual playgrounds. Things, I mean, you can buy your way so, through that game so, with the ridiculous amount ridiculous amounts of money. I got no problem with people who like to
0: ruin their gaming experiences with their money. What I do have a problem with is when it when it becomes a problem when it a affects your experience. So. Uh, one person buying something that will then be able to directly counter you and say hey I my gun has 51 damage and you only has 50 that's when it becomes a problem or B, when I uh, it becomes okay well my experience is extremely is, is a complete video game to play in. Play through and enjoy and yours is not but it's, it's just extremely harder.
1: Let me just ask you this. Sure. In theory, can you be the best League of Legends player in the world and never spend a dollar? Yes. In theory, can you be the best GTA 5 Online player in the world and never spend a dollar?
0: Not that there's much multiplayer to it, but yes.
1: Then why are they making $20 million a month on GTA Online? Because a 12-year-old kid Walks in the
0: GameStop, walks up to me and says, "Here, I'd like some GTA cash, please," and hands me a twenty dollar bill. And I keep print him out code on a receipt. That's why.
1: All right, man. Well, to wrap up here, why don't we just talk about some like general trends in early twenty eighteen in video games? Some games we've been playing, whether they came out uh, recently or not, on computer or elsewhere. Um, I wanted to ask you about. Uh, just in general about what what do you think services like Steam and to a lesser extent GOG, uh, you know, PC gaming download services, which are very convenient and very centralized and pretty cheap, I mean, even compared to their console brethren. it's, it's it, Not only can you get better graphics on PC, uh, you know, it can be cheaper in a lot of cases. Um wh- where do you see things going and then we'll get into some specific games uh we're playing in wrap up but just like where do you see things going with like the steam generation now where you can get amazing literally like AAA level games on Steam for like 10, 15, 20, 25 bucks now on your computer uh for example and you have to pay 60 bucks for, you know, <laughs> incomplete games on on console.
0: So it, it, de- it definitely is like this it's, it's, go, it's going to become this awareness thing that I think like, will have become its own mini revolution within mm. the console market. Right. But even the gaming community can't stick to its guns on one topic, which is microtransactions. Like, and that's a polarizing issue on its own. That's, why, that's probably why it's hard to stick to its guns on, but the internet can't even stick to its guns on that. We, were, we, we saw the downfall of Battlefront, but that doesn't mean that we'll see the, the downfall of anything else. Um, because the, the, they haven't stuck to their guns, which is unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Just the the PC market, it's so easy to get your, your product out there. Like, if you're an indie developer, and I, I, I'll say it's praises for all times, so I'll use it as an example always, Stardew Valley, made by one guy. Made by one guy. He's a millionaire. He single-handedly created the greatest Star Wars Moon game of all time and just basically... Over a year, became a millionaire. I mean, so much so Minecraft, that it, well, M- Minecraft, but Minecraft was in that age where like AAA games were not shit. Um, so with things like Steam, where basically you pay your green, you pay your fifty dollar green light, uh, Steam green light uh, application fee, and then your game's on the market. Boom! There you go. Your indie game is out there. People can buy it. It, it, it's extremely easy to find great game developers out there who make great games. Uh, Starter Valley being one of them, I'm not, I'm not able to speak to other
1: game developers well, but that l- much. Like, for example... Mostly because... Yeah, no, go, go ahead. ahead. Go no, ahead. I was going to say. Go but it's driving so, but the other way. So it, It's driving the it other way, but part of the problem is, is
0: that because they are not AAA developers, they don't have the backing they need to release their games. And so until until game developers are starting to, are able to say either to get backing so like they're, if they're able to get backing say okay uh for for example for mm-hmm. example PUBG yeah the only reason PUBG was able to
1: fully oh get off the ground, that game is in some serious problems right now but maybe we won't get but, to but, that later but yeah let's
0: talk about let's talk about six months ago.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The only reason PUBG was able to get so far off the ground right. and actually even able to release. The only reason I was able to release, like, with a 1.0 version is because Ubisoft bought it. I'm not kidding. Ubisoft bought the development team.
1: And they've done a bang-up job as always. <laughs> oh, no, they made, they made their money. They're out. They made their money. They're out. no, 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 no. no.
0: Like I guarantee, they never expected anything from PUBG to fully come. Like just stay on its.
1: I heard the cheating is so bad that people are leaving the game. There's that. The other problem
0: is Fortnite is better.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Fortnite is better, and people people I listen to would agree with you on that point. Yeah. Um. So like people people still prefer to play um. Uh. Fuck, what's that old game? Uh, Counter-Strike. Counter-Strike GO. CSGO. Well, CSGO is not a battle royale. Well, but it's it's questionable what is a battle royale. And the whole MOBA thing is, is kind of bullshit, but yeah. Well, well MOBA is very simple. MOBA is top-down or
0: smite. Top-down, yeah. top 5v5, 3v3, whatever battle arena or smite, which is third-person. Mm-hmm. Or or first person, which is Paragon, but they gave up. uh, Epic Games gave up Paragon. Um,
1: But let me. I want to go the other way in that there are games that are indie or semi indie that could have only been made possible with Steam, but ended up actually selling more copies and making more money later on console. Whether it's Life is Strange, whether it's the game FTL which is you know, one of the most classic games of the last few years where it's just... A
0: FTL on Console?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can play the NPS. I don't know. I'm pretty sure. I may need to look that up. I don't think so. It's definitely on mobile which was another point i was going to make was you know the, go, going down all the various devices like now life is strange you can get it on ios you can get it on the pss you can get it on the the uh you can get on steam um you know uh or remasters of games like grim fandango for example you know probably it's not on it's, PS4. Okay. It's on it's on, mo- it's, it's on mobile devices. It's, it's on mobile. mobile. Okay. I'm thinking mobile. It's on right. iOS. It's on iOS. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking mobile. But like, you know, like RTS, like Tooth and Tail, which I sent to you recently, which they actually designed based not on the StarCraft of computer, but based on StarCraft of N64, which actually did some things right. You'd never think they could do an RTS on a console. But StarCraft N64 did some things right. And Tooth and Tail just simplified things further. And uh, it was designed uh, to the point where a Computer players prefer to play tooth and tail on console in a lot of cases um you know a a genre you never think would go that way and so you have again indie games and semi-indie games in the lower price range that normally wouldn't exist without um that whole other world and look it took me forever to understand why people liked minecraft it just seemed like an ugly piece of boring shit to me for the longest period of time but i'm an old ass fart I finally realized is actually saying something good about people that they care about gameplay to such an extent that they don't care what a thing looks like, you know, actually. And then of course the eight bit and 16 bit obsession everyone has, you know, Um, like all good platformers, all good indie platformers that are released now are 16 bit basically. Um, You know, whether it's Owlboy or whatever, you know, uh, like that's just sort of the thing. And and I get it. Um, And this goes back to what I was saying about the Switch earlier, which was that, you know, the gameplay, the portability, the accessibility outweighs needing, you know, the best sort of stats on the market. Um, And so it's I, I, I guess the question I would ask Hugh is what the hell does Sony? I mean, Microsoft doesn't care because they're making money on the computer end. So the Xbox is just like an extension of computer. Sony seems to me the odd man out in this whole equation going forward. Um, because nintendo's got their own thing with their classic property you can only get on nintendo and you got pc games you have so much you can buy on the steam store yes there's a lot of shit on steam but the the you know i, I think the moderation of steam and the you know people and the user reviews and so forth are handled in a pretty good way so you can tell what is actually good and what is shit. they have a great return policy which the cor- the corporate you know console companies don't necessarily have all the time they don't ever have so what can the consoles offer i mean i've heard that xbox the next xbox thing is that they're essentially going to have an um netflix for video game service right. where so, so you pay 10 bucks so, a month and you can play any games under the microsoft banner or the games on the xbox or whatever right
0: so so that's xbox's thing so so what what you're basically let me just address a couple of things yeah. that you were talking about so yeah the first, the first thing is when you were saying that Sony is the odd man out. Sony's not necessarily a, the odd man out, as that Sony is the king on the hill, and that all of these companies know that Sony is the king on the hill. And Nintendo made their declaration clear last year that last year was the year of Nintendo, and that Nintendo like wholeheartedly said, "We don't need to be the king on the hill. We're just going to stand on the mountain next to you." Okay. Um, Microsoft, on the other hand is currently downstairs at its fallout shelter saying, we don't really care that you're on top of the hill. We're just kind of doing our own thing. Um, and they know that and they know that they have the Xbox out there just to make money. They, they don't really care necessarily about the longevity of what they do over there. Because again, their Windows, their
1: whatever. And by um, the way, the, they, they, can, they can survive just on the fact that Xbox Live is a better multiplayer service than PS Network or whatever the hell it's called i don't, I don't the playstation I don't, I don't. network is crap dude i have that my ps4 directly plugged in to extremely high speed verizon fios internet mm-hmm. i am i am recording from my macbook pro wirelessly 1080p plus 720p camera of me streaming no problems to twitch but my hardline ps4 can barely get 720p constantly recording directly into a Hardline line is bullshit i i it, bullshit. i don't have an explanation for you bullshit, <laughs> bullshit i tell I, you I, bullshit
0: I don't I, I don't I don't i i agree with you i don't need to i but it's not a miracle machine but also don't i, do, I don't think any online service should have to be paid for in the first place but that's that's a different topic um microsoft also doesn't would also like to be on top of the hill but they don't really they don't have the positioning to be on top of the hill so
1: well they own all the computers so so
0: that's something (laughs) but microsoft doesn't sell anything on the computer is halo on the computer no is gears of war on the computer no is forza on the computer no where's where 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 are the where are the titles they're not there they're all on console um see if these will be but you could debate whether see if these is gonna
1: well let's go last year let's go last year let's go last year zelda exclusive Mm -hmm. um horizon exclusive near ps4 pc not exclusive persona if if you're if you're talking about the console
0: market yes it's exclusive
1: no i'm talking about exclusive exclusive like like horizon level exclusive like just the playstation okay okay near not exclusive persona not exclusive i mean basically it's horizon zero dawn and the mario and zelda games and that's it right that's it so, if you don't care about Zeldon and you don't care about Zelda and Mario, you can get a PC, and you'd be good with everything. Not to mention, the controllers that you can get to use with a the PC, the, the console controllers you can get, are better, more customizable, and cheaper, and just better overall. So, I'm just saying, I don't know where consoles go from here. Well, well where they stand is,
0: A, the, the mystique that they have, which is their console. You will always have that mentality in your head that a console is the representation of being a gamer in a sense. Um, to uh, with consoles, uh, they're they're not they're not a twelve hundred dollar PC. They're a four hundred dollar device. That's already a huge thing, especially since all. Mo- most new gamers are not or are under the age of eighteen. They they, they, they don't have access to right. twelve hundred dollars. They but, they have access they have, they have access to a Christmas wish list.
1: Yeah, but I think <laughs> so I think the problem is bigger in that because Horizon was designed specifically for PlayStation and Sony got on board, you know, and paid for so much of it ultimately, I think. I would not want to play Horizon on a Computer, even if I could, it's a perfect console experience. Whereas first-person shooters have always been better on PCs. Will always be better on PCs with mouse and keyboard. There's nothing you can do to make FPSs better on consoles than PCs. Am I wrong? I would argue that the control layout
0: for Horizon is better on a keyboard, but that that, that that's a preference argument.
1: Um. I mean, maybe if you're trying yes. to dominate it on a hard level, but in terms of just a flowing hundred-hour adventure experience, you know, it, it's, I, it's perfectly it's perfectly suited to the console market. Whereas a shooter, yes, I'm yes, always yes. with Call of Duty, going, "Oh my god, yes. I wish I had a mouse and keyboard with this right now." Y- sure, sure. Here's
0: uh, yes, yes, in a nutshell, yes.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm even not, Steam I'm not, I'm not, I'm is gonna, nip, offering, Even Steam is pushing the Steam controller, right? So people use console controllers this with PCs. Sucks. That's awful. Ugh. Have you ever held one? It doesn't matter because there's so many more options for the PC than there are for the PS4. It's impossible to find anything affordable that's decent that's not.
0: If anybody, if it, just 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 a quick PSA, if anyone out there is thinking about buying a Steam controller, please, please go, go hold it. one first.
1: Please go. No, no, no don't just, do it. Please go hold one first. The fact that they're pushing it if in packages like it, with like Civ Sex is hilarious. <laughs> if you like it, well, it worked. It, the,
0: the the upside to it is that it works with RTS games. Yeah. Okay. And top and, and in strategy games. Okay. That that, that that's All the only right. reason why you would want it, it right. as a controller. But
1: well, look, this is if, this if, is if old man. This is old man Brenner, who's always a PC guy, who's had to live with consoles, bitching still about consoles, and other than Horizon and a couple PS2 games, and maybe some of the Uncharted games, I have played not more than a dozen games where I'm like, this is great on a console, specifically, you know, I've done it mostly because I'm a Mac user, um, it's almost the reverse of you and most people. Most people have like a high level gaming PC and then their Switch. I've got my Mac, which I'm not really going to game on for the most part, and then I've got my console. It's almost the opposite. So whatever. I, I think. Th- they're going to merge because eventually everything's going to be wireless, anyways. And you know, between hi- uh, high-speed Wi-Fi um, network access, SSD drives, etc., blah 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 blah, we'll be able to combine computer and consoles eventually. I thought that would have happened. Well, already. They, are, they already exist. They yeah. already exist. We're they're getting, just not. Yeah, we're getting there. Efficient. So, let's talk about some games that we we've, we've been playing that haven't necessarily come out. Um, I would love to ask you about Civilization VI because p- tons of people are still streaming Civ Six online and it's unbelievable how little aesthetically Civilization has changed over the years other than some polish here and there. Um, but I have seen some of the, the most recensive, uh, civilization six played. I know the music and the culture is like a big aspect of it, how much time they spent with it and so forth. It's just sort of pretty and you can build a big civilization. You don't, you know, it's almost like a relaxing game, even though it's sort of complicated. Um, you are, you are a six person, right? And you've been streaming Mm -hmm. it. Just talk, talk a little bit about that game and why you think it's, it's, uh, stood the test of time.
0: It stood the test of time because it is the best classical civilization-style uh, RTS out there, hands down. You, you could, Age of Empires kind of died out, and Europa is the extremely difficult
1: big brother to Civ. So it, it doesn't appeal to... Yeah, those are on opposite ends up- of the strategy s- spectrum. Yeah. So like you, you,
0: Civ is like the remaining contender. Like it's 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 almost a dead genre in a sense. Like it 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 it's, it's your back alley genre of gaming because while while people have heard of it, almost nobody plays it in in the sense that we're looking at the vast market. I would say. Uh, I'd say, like, 5% of the game market. I don't probably.
1: know, man. I Streamers that I follow, when they're bored and they have to stream something, they'll stream sip, stream sieve and still get 1 to 2,000 uh, live viewers each minute. Just because you're, like, watching something doesn't mean you play it. Well, I, I play play Survive not pl- Civ 6 just because I'm familiar with Civ 5 and I keep getting more expansions to it and stuff for super cheap, but I I love sure. playing it. I've watched Civ 6. I probably won't get Civ 6 cuz I play Civ 5 and now I'm playing Stellaris, which is the space version, right. but
0: yeah. Which I have by the way, so we 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 could we could do a playthrough at some point. But
1: Okay, so here is why I love space-based versions of the 4X genre. Maybe we should just quickly describe what the forex genre is in case people don't know so this is the you know civilization model it can be in space it can be on earth it can be on other planets uh, let's see if i get these all right <clears throat> expansion exploration uh exploitation and extermination i believe are the four Basically creating an empire from a tiny little civilization to, you know, spanning the world or spanning the galaxy and fighting wars, colonizing planets or new lands and, you know, building your civilization and basically going from very simple to very complex. You've got technology trees, you usually develop new technologies and new cultures and religions and so forth over time. On paper, it's very daunting. I think Civilization makes it manageable, and that's part of why it's remained so relevant and so appealing to people. Now, Europa Universalis is a game that, even for me, has always been too complicated but those, those guys are making more accessible games now, including a Mars one, which hasn't come out yet, which is coming out soon, which I won't talk about here. Um, <clears throat> wait till that comes out. But it did come out with Stellaris two years ago, and they just released the 2.0 with a bunch of expansions. The reason I like the Space ones is because with with Space 4X strategy games, it 's not you don 't need to control the most space or the biggest military or the biggest economy necessarily it 's about strategically controlling space lanes it 's almost like seafaring vessels like with pirates or naval vessels and stuff it 's like controlling you know certain jump points, certain solar systems um, being efficient you know being kind of tactical and strategic about where you are. It's not just about this ever-growing blob. Um, and what I'm really impressed about with Stellaris, by the way, man, I'd be interested in your feedback on this, because a lot of streamers I follow are, are have been covering the, the new release of the 2.0, is that... You don't need a giant empire of people or ships at any one point to be dominant. You just need to be making smart moves uh, constantly and controlling the right shipping lanes and uh, spacing lanes and so forth. And on top of that has a great notification system where anytime any new major event happens, there's a little icon that comes out the top and it won't go away until you click it. It doesn't really distract and you can leave it there to remind you, which for someone like me, like with my email, I'm constantly like starring and labeling emails. Like I need those reminders. Like I can't just be told something once and go away. I'm going to remember it as a great notification system. It really streamlines things. Like for example, if you build a star base, it comes with some built-in defenses, you know, you can upgrade it and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. They seem to be learning some lessons about how to do a complicated strategy for X game without going over the top. Uh, have you spent much time with Stellaris yet? Are you familiar with this genre in general? So I, I watched some videos on Stellaris. That's how I was turned on to it. Uh, before the
0: 2.0, uh, it was a quick video series with a YouTuber that I like. It was like a funny riffraff. Who? Like, adventure. Uh, his name is, my name is Bife.
1: Can you send it, it to me?
0: It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Uh, and he does uh it was it was really funny they basically took a bunch of people and they put them in the same room of oh. all different,
1: uh yeah i heard about this uh, yeah DMR types yeah
0: and it was like a miniature story in a sense
1: uh another european company by the way uh it's amazing these little european companies doing amazing work yeah uh anyway um but you turned me on to this game i remember you told me mm -hmm. you were like if you're looking for a space 4x game like this is the one to go to now that i got a new computer by necessity i'm somehow able to run it it runs on most decent computer systems at this point um so hello you there you cut out Yeah. Um, but what I do like is so Civ is a classic turn based structure. Oh, I see the link, thanks. Yeah. Um, Civ is a classic turn based structure, right? Right. Do your stuff, end turn, enemy, just go, end turn, your turn. It's like a chess match. Then you've right. got StarCraft, which is just purely in real time. And at least in competitive StarCraft, you can't really stop it, it just keeps going. This is way more interesting to me, because you can pause any time, do as much stuff as you want, but then you can let it run at any speed for any length of time, and that allows everything from research to economic development to combat to happen in real time where the enemy and you are making decisions simultaneously, as long as you're running the clock and you can stop the clock and move stuff, but they're also going to move stuff. And as soon as you hit the clock back on again, hit the play button, uh, it's pretty fun. Um, I have to say, uh, it's, it's a nice blend of the real time and those turn-based strategy genres to me. Mm-hmm
0: from what I saw from what I watched, I haven't f- actually played the game yet. Um but from what I watched, it definitely felt a lot smoother than uh something like Starcraft. I enjoy I like I, I actually really like Warcraft rather than Starcraft, even though they're the exact same game, just once it's based
1: on what's not. Um but like oh, dude Warcraft four is what we all want. We all want Warcraft four Warcraft and Starcraft, while
0: they are clearly a different skill type because it relies on you being able to react fast enough uh, in a real-time setting, and Civ is a very slow, relaxing game in a sense because it's like, take your time, but at the same time you're like, one more turn, one more turn, one more turn, one more turn. Um, Stellaris is that feeling of like, you're both you're both have the time to react and think but also the game keeps going because that it like you're not in control of when you press the save quit button it's you are it's real time and the clock's gonna keep ticking until the game's done well
1: and what's really fun for me is that i don't know what it is and this will this will be a good way to wrap up is that even in my grand strategy games, I love plot and narrative. I don't know what it is, but I physically perform better in all genres when I'm fighting for a particular goal that is more than just beating the other person. So, like, Mm -hmm. if I'm playing a StarCraft, the original StarCraft on hard and with a single-player mission, I will perform better than playing against a human opponent who is of about the same skill, and it's just one on one p v p basically i don't know what it is it's just like when i 'm fighting for a purpose it's like in rogue one you know it's like when you're fighting for something, things just become a little bit more you know easy, and you get more passionate about them you know that's what I love about horizon. And like in Horizon, there, for example, there are hunting grounds where you can just test your skills and level up. I don't do any of them because there's no real motivation for me from a story plot narrative standpoint. I don't really care, you know, and so I end up doing horribly on the hunting grounds and there's no real stakes because you can't die. You just lose or whatever, you know, these challenges. It just doesn't really matter for me. It's part of why I love the single-player games. What I like about Stellaris is you can – even though it is just sort of a generic expand your civilization society, uh, civilization game, you're also discovering the things from the ancients and other civilizations. Like, you have to research other cultures and civilizations. You can't just stumble across them. So, there is kind of a story being told about the world. Like, you don't really know what's going on. Um, Even though it seems like a typical, like, start new game civilization. What level? And what size map, kind of thing that you're used to with Civilization. I like that. I don't know if that will get old and get repetitive after a while. But for my first playthrough or two, uh, is certainly a lot of fun. Some good, uh, some good world building there. Right.
0: The, the the one of the things that I've seen from Stellaris and, that I that i have always favored over, um, Civ. What, one of the things I always find lacking in Civ is space to space extreme tactical value yeah uh generally what civ misses is like either the ai is not smart enough to engage in bait and switch tactics or uh is not able to say okay well i'm either defending and this university tile is way more important to my empire after, this, after the enemy is done sieging me to keep this alive than this farm is. Or on the opposite end of that, the enemy knows that I am a science-based civilization, so they're going to want to tackle my campus districts and destroy them as quickly as possible to injure my civilization more than capturing my city's will. But the AI is not smart enough to do that, and that—that's always one of the things I've missed. But that is something that is actually actively involved in Stellaris.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think because oh, because yeah.
0: there are because unlike unlike Civ, like oh, I can't declare war on you and take over your civilization until I unlock sailing. Okay, whatever, I'll just conquer you later. Versus oh. The star map is set up to the point where you can only travel between this star and this star yeah. this way. Well, I better capture that and yeah. cut you off so you don't capture any more territory. Like that's act like there there are actual benefits and losses because of those trade offs and those actions and that thinking.
1: I think the versus pro- yeah.
0: what Civ does and it just doesn't do that.
1: I, I think the ultimate weakness of all the civilization games is that The sort of slow but steady revealing of the fog of war and the almost amoeba-like development of your empire where you slowly are adding things to your giant blob of land is completely (laughs) unrealistic. So for all of the historical research and modeling that they try and do on these civilizations, if you think about it, the mechanics from moment one of civilization to your final move are exactly the same. Move a space, reveal fog of war, start some sort of colony, expand the blob of your borders. You know, I mean, that's not how history works. I mean, when the initial you know colonial ships went around the world from Europe, they weren't mapping perfect maps of, of where they were going. You know, I mean, they were taking over civilizations without colonizing them. Like th- these things aren't really options in civilization. You know, whereas in these space-based ones, because it's planet to planet and there's so much empty space, you can have a much inferior civilization. But if you pull the right gambit at the right time to invade a home world when someone's not seeing it coming like you could really pull that off civilization as far as I can tell has never really had that mechanic it's it's leveling right civilization is just a a strategic form of leveling like RPGs basically Mm -hmm. Um, and that's unrealistic to human history or just strategy and listen I'm not looking
0: for the perfect realism No, no, but
1: you understand what I'm saying I hear what you're
0: saying but for me and and just just so we don't go to full tirade on Civilization here. I like Civilization. I, I love no it. problem with the way yeah. with the way it goes about its business. Sure. Uh, I think it's a fine and well. Like it's one of those games where they keep trying to mix it up, but to be honest with you, there's not really much they can do. But what they the do system.
1: is they keep adding new uh, methods of automated management. So the bigger your empire gets, you just delegate stuff. And just management upon bureaucracy, upon management, and so forth. Which is, you know, it's understandable.
0: Well, actually what that is, is actually just an entire metaphor for 2K being a greedy, stupid publisher and continuing, continuing to put enormous pressure on Civ developers and make them put out crap that, doesn't, the game doesn't need just different from what's already there. Well, so right, but what I'm it.
1: saying is what makes it relaxing is that you can create these mighty empires but delegate so much of it over time that you're not really controlling it. But there's other solutions to micromanagement that don't need that. You know, so... Yeah, I don't know. It's hard, it's hard to go further in this without a really in-depth discussion. But needless, right. but n- needless to say you know in stellaris you, you, you I, I, there's there's like a there's like a sidebar that you can have open at all times that show all your ships and main colonies and main star bases and stuff in a single bar on the right and the reason they get away with that is because if you have too many of anything your waste spending gets so high that it it, it encourages you to strip down actually and have fewer ships that are better with better admirals and have fewer planets that are more efficient and not just colonize to colonize and not you know what I mean like it's encouraging you to do things smarter and not just more and that's always what I wanted out of my grand strategy game so we'll see i mean the the final review is out i i've only put in like 4 or 5 hours to this so we'll have to see how it goes but so far i'm really liking how it's encouraging me to like yeah Sometimes you scrap a colony and like that's actually a smart move or like scrap some buildings or scrap some ships and you know mm-hmm. and centralize and not just keep expanding and expanding and then have advisors that take care of everything for example right. like I like the idea of pausing and doing a whole bunch of stuff, but then letting it run for three years in real time and seeing what happens. That's really exciting for me, especially because the interface is so beautiful and how you can zoom into ships and bases and stuff and just kind of watch stuff happen. So I'll well, be interested to see what you think about that. Um, so to close, any other indie or just non-traditional games you've been playing the last uh, couple weeks, month or two that you wanted to share? Oh, hmm. Anything. Could be on your mobile device, could be on the Switch, could be on the computer. Uh, but,
0: uh, Fire Emblem Heroes had its one year a little bit back. Oh, nice. Uh, still going strong. I, I recommend it again to you. It's great. Yeah. I mean, as soon as I, I beat I, all
1: the I, other I, Fire Emblems I paid for on the 3DS, I will oh, definitely absolutely. get to it. Yeah, let, And let me tell you something.
0: It's way more difficult. Some of the missions that you do yeah. are in, way more difficult than any you'll ever experience in the normal stuff and in the main games. So well the problem oh, yeah. that, that's the, the, probably because of the system but yeah. like
1: the problem the problem knows with is the um not birthright what's the hard one of the uh conquest conquest the problem with conquest is it's a difficult game the third to last mission is really hard but pretty beatable second to last mission is really really hard and i had to play it five or six times it's just got it on like my last arrow shot or something And the final mission is so unfair that I just can't summon... This is what happened with me with Radiant Historia, which, by the way, is still my favorite JRPG on the the various DSs. They just released the uh, Perfect Chronology version of Radiant Historia. Uh, There's a free demo, by the way, people, you can play like the first 10% of the game for free. It's completely like the original, but looks beautiful. Uh Radiant Historia. Um check it out on the 3DS. They remastered it and stuff. Definitely worth your investment. It has some chrono trigger time travel mechanics, some great story to, uh storytelling. It is a little it's definitely in the anime form, but it's 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 stylized and minimalist and unique. Uh I love that game. I played through it twice. I don't know if I've ever beat the final, final, final bad guy in that game, even though I've played through it numerous times, because it's just so hard. You know, it's not the level of difficulty of these final bosses; it's the step up of difficulty between the second to the last boss and the final boss. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That that might just might be me.
0: Um, what else yeah. are you playing? uh i didn't play it but i saw its release
1: and no i'm saying what else what else have you been playing you playing anything on the 3ds or the 2ds or whatever no no i haven't
0: been doing anything else so that's why i wanted to bring it up real fast oh yeah uh i haven't played it but i saw its release and was happy that people were able to enjoy secret of mana the secret of mana remastered
1: oh yeah 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 uh
0: glad people are having nostalgia for a game that was remastered pretty well so that was cool um, other than that it it's been dull because i haven't been able to get stuff but uh, i'm glad to be able to announce it that i will be streaming i got bayonetta and i'll yeah. stream bayonetta uh and that will be going up on youtube immediately after the live streams so that's cool okay uh, so this
1: is a perfect way to end and you can promote your site at the same time mm-hmm. what is bayonetta what can people be looking forward to and where can they find it?
0: So Bayonetta is a one of Platinum uh Games' great uh titles. It's a it's a Nintendo exclusive, but it's uh made by Platinum Games. Platinum Games makes Near Automata, so if you are a fan of really well designed games, uh and good games, Bayonetta is there for you. It's kind it's in between a hack and slash and not a hack-and-slash. It's hard to describe. You'd have to just check it out if you're interested.
1: It's like Dynasty Warriors? No. Well, Dynasty Warriors is
0: uh, not... I wouldn't call it a hack-and-slash. I'd call it an arcade fighter in a sense.
1: People that's hate weird, the new one. Genre.
0: That's a weird genre. Uh, I don't mind the genre. I don't like it either. Um, anyway. so you can, You'll you be able to check that out uh, on twitch.tv forward slash El Fadorable E-L underscore F-E-D-O-R-A-B-L-E and then that'll go up on YouTube sometime later I need to finish working with the YouTube setup system because I did something weird when I was making the YouTube page and I don't have an official link for it yet so I will put that out there sometime soon so people can uh, get to that but uh, definitely come check out the stream. That's where the better part of the reactions interaction will be happening. Uh, talking about video games, talking about the game itself, etc., etc., etc. But it's way more fun to chill out a stream than to watch a YouTube video later. So, hope to see you guys there.
1: Oh, hell yeah. And i uh auto-hosting your stuff, so my people will definitely see it, and I'll post it. When you post it, and uh yeah, people love Bayonetta, so it would be pretty dope um excited to see that, and yeah man i mean it's uh it's a definitely an interesting time interesting time for video games. I think the one thing you and I have not talked about at all just because we don't have experience is the v r thing because it seems like the v r thing is going to blow up at some point, but it's still a ways away v See you and I have different stances on
0: VR. I think VR is dead. <laughs> uh, not at all. Here's here's my thing about VR. VR is a great idea in a market that is not willing to develop for it. And I think I think AR is going to really be the cool kicker and take over.
1: Uh porn until,
0: until until
1: porn until, porn Porn is gonna drive everyone to get VR. Listen, just listen to me, listen
0: to me, listen to me, listen to me. Until the Oculus Rift puts me in suspended animation and lets me do play video games in my mind like Sword Art online, it's not there. I'm sorry, I'm not touching it. I'll touch AR instead. AR is way cooler. I'd rather I'd rather walk around on a holodeck than play a game where I have to teleport around rather than just walk around in a video game world myself. Sorry
1: i'm not saying i personally disagree with you i'm just telling you sales have been pretty good with vr and because of porn and because of movies uh just because of consumer uses basically of it i i think that will ultimately drive interest in sales in the units um and maybe some of the games have succeeded more than others Uh, in the early releases of this VR generation, but I do know that companies are putting more money in VR and away from 4K and so forth um, because it's unclear what 4K really gives us and VR has tangible benefits if executed well.
0: Sure. Uh, All I'm trying to say is is that it's not there yet. The technology is imperfect and I'm not willing to invest in it as it is currently. That's all.
1: Yeah. And I'm That's saying porn is going to ensure that it will be the next oh, big sure, thing.
0: Yeah. Sure. We 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 agreed on that point. Like, yeah. We agreed on that
1: point. Um Yeah. There's uh well, that one. T- Total Biscuit has a hilarious story about going to uh E3 or pa- Pax South or one of those and uh just by chance the uh, so you know Warhammer is like the super British like most, most me- metal British thing, thing ever, ever. yeah 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 it's like old school expensive miniature thing but it's like the most metal British thing ever you know what mm-hmm. I mean uh, and so TB of course loves it uh, but they happened to end up next to the VR one of the VR stations at, at a recent convention where they were showing porn openly oh. uh, in a VR experience and like no one was coming to Warhammer which is usually like the trendy spot for nerds and everyone men and the Women experiencing the porn VR experience—how uncomfortable, a terrible, but hilarious it was. At the same time, I'm not That's saying not I awesome. approve of this. I'm just saying it's definitely no, no, hilarious. Yeah. So, um, cool, man. Well, check out Stellaris. Let me know what you think. I'm, uh, you know, I- I'm trying to get deep into it, but also not go too quickly and, and explore it because there's a lot of dimensionality. I mean, there's so many resources and numbers mm-hmm. to take into consideration, but they do a pretty good job of informing you what's going on. So I'm interested to see what you think, um... Uh, oh, uh, just as a final, um, just to give something less theoretical to the audience on our way out, uh, what what grade would you give Xenoblade Chronicles?
0: A minus. Okay. A minus. I would highly recommend this to someone, mm-hmm. uh, assuming they liked RPGs uh, or open world games.
1: And anime, uh, or it doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, so so like a
0: good friend, yeah, just to like, a good friend of mine, he, I, like, he he likes the Switch, but he doesn't like a lot of games on it, this is his favorite game on it, uh, because, uh, like, he bought Zelda, like, he he just, he kind of just spends money, uh, he bought Zelda, he killed everything, he killed all the bosses, and was like, I'm done with the game now, Hmm. (laughs) spent 11 hours on the game, at, for a, 200 hour game, then gave it away to another friend, so like, and he spent he, the fact that he spent time on this game when it's basically the same idea as the other game is just more Final Fantasy. And he likes Final Fantasy. That means this game is good. So
1: yeah, Final Fantasy is the most overrated property of all time. I mean, it, it's unbl. It's Final Fantasy is so overrated as to be not overrated. If that makes sense.
0: If I said anything about if I said anything bad about Final Fantasy 7 Online, I would be
1: crucified. There and then, it's not that good of a game. <laughs> it's not that good. It's not that good. There's so many JRPGs why, why, that are better. Why,
0: why do you? what do you think I refrain from saying anything?
1: <laughs> I know. Well, I don't give a fuck. So I'll say it. Final Fantasy's overrated.
0: If your podcast is dead tomorrow,
1: it's not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> if my podcast died because of my comments about Final Fantasy, it at least meant that younger people are uh, video game people were listening to it. So I would be thrilled if that were the case. <laughs> I don't think my podcast audience gives two shits about Final Fantasy. I, uh, uh, I just remember when the Final Fantasy movie, The Spirits Within, came out in the late nineties, and at the time it looked so good. You watch it now, you're like, Oh my god, this is horrible. Um but uh, yeah, yeah. Actually, the the original Final Fantasy games, uh, three and four on the DS, uh, are are quite good. Um, the later ones, though, oh man, the voice acting. Whew. But I like Dragon Quest, which is even more of a JRPG and just ridiculous. So, I would love to play Xenoblade Chronicles. Definitely hope to check that out. So, all right, man. Well, thank you so much. Uh, look forward to more updates. Uh, one thing we didn't talk about was Sea of Thieves. I guess we will have to save that for another time. What's the status with that? Is that coming out as a real game That's anytime soon?
0: March twenty.
1: There's so many March games coming out. Far Cry is coming yeah. out. Sea Sea of Thieves yeah. is coming out. Um,
0: yeah, I, I I think you're gonna have to pick up Sea of Thieves because I really want to play that, and I know my friends are gonna pick it up. So,
1: well, but will you play me on PS4? Is the question? You can't. Oh, it's only It's, it's computer? Xbox.
0: It's Xbox PC. Oh. It's Xbox. It's rare. It's owned by rare and rare. Well,
1: I don't Xbox. have a PC or an Xbox, so I'm not yeah, really that, sure what to do about that.
0: So, I'll give you my Xbox because I'm not doing I'm not using anything with it. It's crossplay.
1: Oh, it is crossplay.
0: It is crossplay, yes. See,
1: this is what Microsoft can do also with Xbox and PC. So, exactly. I, I give them credit for that. So, awesome, brother. Well, thank you, Ethan. Um yep. ag- again, uh just tell us your your Twitch channel uh and we'll we'll let you go.
0: Yep, twitch.tv slash elfadorable, E-L underscore F-E-D-O-R-A-B-L-E. Awesome. Uh, Thanks for having me, Jesse.
1: Thanks for being on. And when did you say you were going to start your Bayonetta stream?
0: Uh, I hope to start it tomorrow. This would be Sunday the 26th. So this would be Uh, yesterday
1: probably when you're listening to this. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh, I may not get around to it. uh but definitely sometime this week awesome uh definitely before march starts
1: well if you if you're down once you get in get comfortable i'd love to uh skype in once you're you're into the game and we can chat about it a little Mm -hmm. bit sure cool all right well thank you uh thank you bizzlecast listeners was great to talk about some not movies and not serious topics for a while um thanks everyone for joining us thank you to ethan and the bizzlecast is out